Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is episode number 20 of the Jones Report postgame report, where we break down the weekend that was in the National Football League. And we'll look ahead to the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. And before we do anything else, a reminder, as always, to subscribe to the Jones Report. New episodes out each and every Monday and Thursday on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, to make sure to leave us a five-star review when you do so as well. We certainly would appreciate that. Five stars or nothing at all. And uh, also on social media, uh, check us out on Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at TJ Media Group, Instagram, Tyler Jones Live, Jones underscore report, and uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, and TJ Media Group is where you can find us there. And uh, going to be talking plenty of Chiefs throughout today's show. Also going to touch on that NFC matchup between the uh, Bucks and the Packers, which gives us this Super Bowl result of the Chiefs and the Bucs meeting in less than two weeks in Tampa Bay. And to join me to break this all down for us on today's show is a Derek Haglund, Chiefs insider from ESPN Radio and WHB in Kansas City. And Derek and I, the last couple of years, when I had my radio show with Lawrence, he would join me the day after each Chiefs game for a quick 15-minute segment to look back on the Chiefs win and look ahead. And so now we're going to kind of uh, rehash that of sorts on today's show as we bring in Derek. Now, Derek, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for joining us. I know you're a little excited after the uh, Chiefs victory on a Sunday night. Well, you know what they say uh, around here now, Tyler? Uh, the Chiefs are a hell of a drug. You know, they, uh, they they put you through that emotional roller coaster. But, uh, yeah, you know, really, really exciting times. Uh, you know, the Chiefs beat the Bills last night uh, for to uh, clinch their second straight trip to uh, the Super Bowl which is pretty amazing. You know, I've, I've, I've had conversations with a lot of people over the years. Um, and when you and I were coming on each other's radio shows and everything, you know, if I could just see the Chiefs playing one Super Bowl, they could get to one Super Bowl and win one, I'd die happy. I'd be happy. I'd be content. Um, now they're in their second straight. It's funny how these conversations can change over the course of time when you have the right things in place like the Chiefs do with Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach and Clark Hunt and just all the weapons that these guys have. And it, it, it was crazy last night to just sit there and, and watch that game. You know, even when McCall Hardman had the massive mess up and gave the Bills a touchdown to put the Chiefs up, to put the Chiefs down 9 nothing. I wasn't worried. I wasn't nervous because we've seen this Chiefs team come back from so much. You know, it was more so pissed off because you got to be smarter than that and annoyed. And you knew as soon as Buffalo scored, Mahomes was going to go down and get a touchdown. And I felt like at 9-7, the game was about to be over because I could tell the Bills were not going to be able to stop the Chiefs. And that you could tell the Chiefs had a really good game plan to be able to limit and slow down the Bills with how good they played their cornerbacks, especially against Breland and Beasley. Yeah, a couple things to dissect there. Uh, as far as just being a, a KC sports fan goes, you know, Derek and I, we're, we both uh, you know, love the University of Kansas and the Royals and such. And you know, when the Royals had their run, we all knew it was short term, that they weren't going to be able to right. keep those guys, small market franchise, so you enjoyed that moment. You know, KU Hoops, it, it seems about what every three, four years, realistically, they have a legit shot to win the national title. But you know those are, you know, it, it comes in waves of sorts. It's so unique with this Chiefs team that it's not a matter of coming in waves. It's not a short-term thing. This is a team that is here to stay, that has built a foundation that's going to be 
really good that can contend for championships for a long time. We're really seeing just the beginning of something special unfolding before our very eyes. It's so fascinating to watch this happen in real time. The fact that you and I, uh, you know, got to cover two straight years of the Chiefs being Super Bowl contenders, being Super Bowl teams is so unique in itself. And then, you know, here we are, the Chiefs, won how many games in the last calendar year? I mean, it was just quite the role the Chiefs had played. And Patrick Mahomes is 25-1 and one in his last 26 starts. It's unbelievable. Right. right. The, the one loss that this team had was, a uh, you know, with the starters was a close game against the Raiders, and then their backups, the JV team, lost to the Chargers. I mean, it has been unreal the ride that's, that this team has been on. And to think, too, when you look at this Chiefs team, that you had all the talking heads out there that said, oh, you know, they, they're playing teams too close and how good really are they? They're not blowing anybody out. And, you know, all that was just noise. It was just uh, out there to try to belittle or put down this team, undermine this Kansas City Chiefs team. But anybody that watched this Chiefs team closely, Derek, you knew this team was legit. This team had the makings of a Super Bowl threat. I wasn't buying the idea that Josh Allen was better than Patrick Mahomes or Stephon Diggs was better than Tyreek Hill. All of that was just noise. And anyone that tried to put that noise out there, I can't take you seriously on anything. Uh, you know, you're you're done. Uh, I'm writing you off. Uh, you're you're just a con artist if you said any of that stuff out there. I don't want to hear from you on any sports topic ever again if you felt that way, if you were trying to disparage this Kansas City Chiefs team because this team has it. Here they are once again and uh, with a shot to win it all. And even looking ahead to this Bucks game, Derek, um, you know, we, we were told the Bills were going to be that challenge that, oh, watch out, the Bills are, are hot. You know, they, they're the team that could stop the Chiefs. We were told all that. And yet they easily beat that Bills team. And now here they are about to take on the Bucs. And this Bucs team, I get it. They have Tom Brady. They've played really good football the last few weeks. No disrespect to the Bucs at all. Don't get me wrong. But I don't come into next this next game, the Super Bowl, in a couple of weeks worried at all. I feel like we know the outcome before it even starts. Maybe I'm overconfident, but um, Derek, I have no doubt in my mind of what we're about to see here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I don't think you're overconfident. You know, you, you talk about being how I am, like a lifelong Kansas City. And, you know, my brother and I are both named after former Chiefs players. Um, we, we have a special deep-rooted connection to the, to the Chiefs organization, especially what they did for our father um, after he passed away in, in 94 as he was a red coder. Our family had season tickets to the Chiefs for, you know, almost 40 years. Um, you know, last night was emotional. I, I, you, you saw it last year. I cried last night wishing my grandfather and my father could be there to watch the, the Chiefs win the AFC championship and clinch another spot in the Super Bowl. I cried last year um, when they won the AFC and when they won the Super Bowl. But, you know, I, I hadn't been impressed with anything that the Bills had done the first two weeks of the playoffs. Like, you know, they did a really good job against Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson can't win from the pocket, and everybody, I think, is slowly starting to finally realize that, yeah, he's a great gadget quarterback in terms of he can make some throws. But when it gets down to the playoffs, you have to be able to win from the pocket consistently. It helps that you can run and do what you what Patrick Mahomes can do, how he can make crazy throws. But you have to be able to be accurate. You have to be able to throw the ball. You can't just try to run quarterback power options and run this gimmicky offense that the Ravens do because eventually they're going to get they're going to get 
caught up to. And I think they slowly are starting to do that. I thought the Bills could have lost in the in the wild card round of the Colts. Yeah. That was when that let me know that the Bills weren't really as great maybe as people were starting to think. But we get in this habit of, you know, you want to see the champion lose. How many times did everybody want to see New England lose? And they were tired of New England winning and they were tired of this. Well, yeah, you know, the, the Chiefs won't ever say that, oh, you know, we, we were lackadaisical in the regular season. We wanted to win. These guys wanted to win as much as they could, get the first round by, get to the number one seed, and then get to the playoffs. And then that's when their season started. A, a crazy stat, Tyler, is that when Patrick Mahomes, since Patrick Mahomes last threw his interception in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl against the 49ers last year, he has quarterbacked 19 drives. I'm taking the drives where Chad Henney didn't, where Chad Henney played last week. He's quarterbacked 19 drives. 16 of those have ended in touchdowns in the playoffs. 16 out of 19 possible drives that Patrick Mahomes has engineered have ended in touchdowns. That's how good he is. That's how good this offense is. And I knew people were picking Buffalo because it had been so long and it's great. Bill's mafia is awesome. I love them. Um, you know, they were great fans yesterday that they've got a really talented team, um, you know, going forward, but at the end of the day, they don't have Patrick Mahomes and they don't have a single person that can cover Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. And you could tell the Chiefs were going to be content yesterday with Dinkin and Duncan and moving the ball slowly. And that's one of the things that, uh, for some reason, it was hilarious that everybody questioned whether the Chiefs could do, whether they were going to be patient enough. Well, the Chiefs are going to do that. They'll move the ball slowly. And then when you start trying to play more up, what they're going to do is that's when they're going to take, take the shot at the haymaker and hit you deep. So it's really, you know, do you want to die by, you know, a gunshot or do you want to die by a thousand cuts when you face this offense? Because you're talking about a team that going into probably next year is going to be coming off two straight Super Bowl wins and they're going to have their head coach, their offensive and defensive coordinator back. That's a team that is expecting to potentially play in their third straight Super Bowl as well even with some of the salary capital implications that they're going to have. But, you know, like I said, I was not worried at all when they got down nine, nothing against Buffalo because I knew it was a self-inflicted moon. And, and you could tell early on in that game that the bills were going to struggle to move the ball. The bills were going to struggle to score points because if the bills can't score, if you can't score touchdowns, you're not going to beat this team. If you're kicking field goals in Kansas city scoring touchdowns, that's how you're going to go out and get destroyed. And that's exactly what the Bills did, whether it was at the end of the first half or when they were down and they decided to go and kick a field goal right. um, early on in, in the third quarter. That, that, to me, signaled, all right, dumb coaching move, you're done. The Chiefs are going to win. Right. Um, this matchup, the way the Chiefs played yesterday, was a completely <laughs> different game than the first time that they played the Bills. If you recall – the last meeting when they played up in Buffalo in October, the Chiefs ran for more yards and had more rushing attempts yeah. than any game ever in the Andy Reid era in Kansas City. I believe it was around 250 yards, 40 rushing attempts. Yesterday, we see Patrick Mahomes throw for over 300 yards, three passing touchdowns, just made it look effortless. The run game, um, you know, still over 100 yards rushing. He had that big run by McCole Hardman that he had, where 50 of it came from. But Tyreek Hill, phenomenal, 172. Travis Kelsey, 118. Uh, still didn't have Sammy Watkins playing, but you didn't need him because everyone else stepped up the way that they did. I mean, it, it was like clockwork for this Chiefs team. And we've been saying, Derek, that, you know, hey, this Chiefs team's holding something back. It's not that they're playing down to their competition. They just haven't shown all their cards yet to this point. 
And yesterday, it looked like that deck of cards was pretty good from the Chiefs that they were kind of holding that we hadn't seen from this team yet. They had something left in the tank that Buffalo wasn't ready for. Yeah, so and, – and, and I'd been saying that for weeks in the conversations that you and I had had when we were texting back and forth. I, I, I said it last night when, when I was watching the game. I go, I've been saying for, what, three, four weeks that Andy Reid's been holding back? He was holding back last week. And, you know, if Patrick doesn't get hurt last week, they probably beat the Browns by 20 points or more because that's where it was heading. The only reason it was close was because Patrick got hurt and Chad Henney had to come in. And granted, obviously, they won and then they, they, they dominated the Bills last night you know, from basically midway through the first quarter on outside of that first drive, you know, that's the thing that makes Andy Reed so great is not just the fact when he comes off of a bye, but he, I don't think there's a coach more dialed in on his team and week to week to know, okay, Hey, this is what we got to do offensively to win. I don't have to have this in the bag. This hasn't been on film. You know, I think a great, play that they did was on uh, fourth and one when they had Tyreek motion and come around and went in the backfield and then they leaked Daryl Williams out into the flats and he got 10 yards to get the first down and the Chiefs went on to score a touchdown on that drive. That's stuff that you haven't seen. And you're going to see a lot of that type of stuff too going forward in the Super Bowl because giving Andy Reid an extra week to prepare and the fact that they don't have to go down to Tampa for the Super Bowl until the Friday or Saturday before where they're going to get to stay here in Kansas City, stay in routine, stay in their building and stay in their facility is just going to work wonders for them. I know the Bucs get to get to be the home team and the first time that they're hosting that, but I don't think you can walk away yesterday, honestly, th- seeing the way that the Chiefs played and seeing the way that the Bucs played, thinking that the Buccaneers are the better team than the Chiefs. And yeah, the Chiefs won in week uh, 12, 27, 24, but the Chiefs dominated that game the whole way. And the Chiefs aren't going to turn the ball over three, four times in that game in the Super Bowl, like what the Saints and what the Packers have done in the playoffs. That's one of the reasons the, 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 the Buccaneers are playing so well and their defense looks so good. They're getting turnovers. Right. You know, it's going to be hard for them. You know, it's one thing when you're facing a team that's dink and dunk like the Saints and then you face the, the Packers who really only have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers – but you're talking about a Chiefs team that's got the best tight end in the league, a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, Tyreek Hill, one of the three or four best wide receivers in the league. You got Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the league, playing at that position. And then you're probably going to get Sammy Watkins and Le'Veon Bell back. Right. I mean, and you know, Sammy tested that calf yesterday against the Bills in, in, in pregame. And to me, that signals he's close and he should be ready with an extra two weeks off. And we've all seen what Sammy can do in the postseason. And that's just going to make this team just that much better. But like you said, they don't necessarily need with all the stuff that they did yesterday. You know, Andy Reid needs to get a lot of credit because, you know, Miko Hardman's confidence was shaken by that muff punt. What's he do? He comes back, gets him involved on the on, on the on the third down, uh, their first third down. When they go down and get their first touchdown, he gets the first down. Then he calls a he, Hardman gets the first touchdown of the game. And then he calls that 50 yard end around where he gets 50 yards rushing. You know, Andy Reed is the king at, Hey, you know, we get, you know, you messed up, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on you. I'm going to keep coming to you. And Patrick did the same thing on the sidelines. These guys, it doesn't matter what the adversity is that they have to overcome. I, I think people are starting to realize it doesn't matter when, when the avalanche with the Chiefs starts, there's no way to stop it. Yeah. You're not getting out alive. Right. A um, couple things, more things on the uh, Chiefs front here. Let's uh, let's look at that defense. Four sacks, and we've yeah. been talking all year how Frank Clark was underperforming. He wasn't playing to the money that he was making. 
He had two sacks, monstrous day. Uh, they had 10 different hits on Josh Allen, really just rattled him throughout the day. Yeah. And, I mean, really, let take away that touchdown from the Hardman play. That wasn't the defense's fault. Realistically, you're talking about 17 points. I mean, the defense yeah. did its part, and it was uh, – if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be feeling really good about how much Frank Clark and that defensive line came alive there. Absolutely. Frank Clark is my favorite quote on the Chiefs. He's he's, he's one of my favorite players to uh, to cover. I, I love his open openness and, and honesty, and that, that's refreshing. You know, Tyler, um, as a journalist, here's a crazy stat, Tyler, and, and I'm not sure if you know it. Frank Clark has played in uh, five postseason games for the Chiefs. He's got seven sacks, and they're going to their second straight Super Bowl. I know he's getting $100 million, but you're talking about a guy who you make a trade for to come in and ball out just like you do for Sammy Watkins where you're not paying Sammy to be productive in the, play, in, the in the regular season. You're paying Sammy to be productive in the postseason, and that's exactly what Frank Clark's doing, and they're going back with their opportunity to get back to a second straight Super Bowl, and that D-line looked good. You know, Tampa's got a better offensive line, I think, than Buffalo, or they might be slightly similar, but the benefit for the Chiefs is going to be is that Tom Brady's a statue. I mean, the, the Chiefs probably could have had seven or eight sacks against the Bills had they not allowed Allen's athleticism to be able to get away from him. You know, Snead had a, had a sack where he just jumped in the air and Allen went right under him and went and got the first down. That could have been another sack. You know, there were countless other times that they were able to do that. It's going to benefit them that they're playing Tom Brady, who's really not mobile in any way. Um, and you saw that he, he'll, he'll turn the ball over. He did that against um, – he did that against the Packers in the NFC Championship game, and it almost cost him when he threw three picks. I don't think he's going to throw that many picks in the Super Bowl. I could be wrong, but but this defense is starting to play really good, and they, they've never gotten the credit that they truly deserve because they're overshadowed by such a high-powered, unbelievable offense. But you're talking about a defense that has Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. Charvarius Ward and Legereus Sneed are very good pickups by, by Brett Veach. Like, that doesn't get enough credit that Veach – traded for Charverius Ward and traded a guy who's no longer in the league to get Ward and traded for Sneed. And Ward is about to start his second straight Super Bowl for the Chiefs. And, and a guy yesterday who I thought looked really, really good was it was good to see Juan Thornhill out there. Yes. Juan Thornhill was making some plays. He's about 14 months removed from post-ACL surgery, and he's finally starting to look really, really good, which is a huge benefit um, to this Chiefs defense, especially getting ready to have to go up against those Buccaneers weapons and wide receivers because he's a guy who can cover as well. Right. So last thing on the Chiefs before we move on and talk about the NFC title game. Um, the offensive line, we know that they've been battling with issues all year long without having Mitchell Schwartz. And, uh, you know, I know things got chippy there towards the end and – and uh, Eric Fisher ends up uh, with, I believe it was an Achilles injury. And yeah, ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, so he's going to be out for the Super Bowl, going to be out yeah. a while. He'll have an offseason to try to rehab that and such. Not having Potentially not having your starting tackles there for the Super Bowl, and we've seen how well the Bucks' defensive line has played, in particular the last you know couple weeks here. What's the level of concern, you think, for that Chiefs offensive line going up against that Bucks' defensive line here? Well, I'll tell you, I think, you know, four, five, six weeks ago, there was a lot of worry about it, especially when the, when the Falcons were, were doing really good. Um, the Dolphins were having a lot of success. Andy Hecht and Andy Reid, I think, did a lot of good things of 
figuring out and finding out plays and schemes where the offensive linemen are put in the position to be most successful. And he's doing that because, you know, the Bills have some good pass rushers and Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes, you know, they're not what the Buccaneers have, obviously. And Andama Kinsu, Jason Peter, Paul, Shaq Barrett, um, who all looked really, really good um, against the Packers. You know, they're going to, they're going to put Wisniewski at guard. He's going to slide into right guard. Andrew Wiley's going to play right tackle. Um, and then they're going to slide Mike Remmers over to left tackle, which when, when Remmers went in, I really didn't think there was much of a, of a drop off. Remmers is a guy who's played in a Super Bowl. He's been a starter for a long time. Um, so I'm really not worried about it. I mean, if you think about it, these guys have, these guys have gone 16 and two now with basically backup offensive linemen the majority of the season. Andy Reid, given two weeks, is going to know what Tampa Bay is going to try to do, how they're going to try to come at them. I think you're going to see, especially early on in the game, a lot of short dink passes, crossing routes underneath stuff to where those offensive linemen don't have to worry about trying to block for three, four seconds. They can just get the ball out of Patrick's hands real quickly uh, to be able for them to, to have some success. All right. Um, so looking at the NFC title game, the uh, Bucks beat the Packers 31 to 26. And uh, they advanced. We mentioned that they'll be hosting the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, his 10th Super Bowl appearance at 43 years of age. An incredible career, of course, uh, for Tom Brady. The uh, Bucks played a great first half, but in the second half, they opened the door back up for the Packers with the three interceptions that Brady threw. And the Packers missing on some opportunities, whether it was yeah. uh, not getting that touchdown late in the game and not having you know Aaron Rodgers go for that run there, kicking the field goal that Matt LaFleur called and such. I mean, yes, it was an impressive win for the Bucs. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they opened up the door right open for the Packers. There's no reason yeah. that should have happened. The, the Bucs should have won this game pretty handily. And if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you're sitting there looking at that second half and saying – if that were the Chiefs in that position, they would not have been like the Packers. They would have found a way to come back yeah. and win that game. Yeah. I think you're feeling pretty good if you're Kansas City based on uh, what uh, what Tampa Bay did did there to almost give that game away. Yeah, a hundred percent, Tyler. You, you you make you make unbelievable points in terms of the fact that you know if that were the Chiefs, the Chiefs would have come back and put the put the put the knee to the throat on on the Buccaneers. They wouldn't have had the opportunity to win the game. You know, that game turned, in my opinion. Um, yes, the Devontae Adams not catching the ball for the touchdown was a huge play. But that game, for me, turned when when they ran a single high safety coverage and rolled them over to the left side of the field, and they left Kevin King on Scotty Miller, who just blew right past him with six seconds left, and they used to touch to go up 21. I think it was 21-21-7 at the end of the first half, that, that's just a bad play. You know, that was, that's a horrible offense in my opinion. You have to be smarter than that. I don't think Steve Spagnola would put his guys in that position. And I do think if you, if you see it, that um, uh, again, if you see the Buccaneers in that, that opportunity and it's the chiefs, the chiefs come through the chiefs make those plays and the chiefs come back and win that game because that's what we've seen so many times. Like even in the 2018 championship AFC championship game where the chiefs ended up losing in overtime to Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers, they still scored 31 points in the second half, 24 in the fourth quarter to be able to come back. Um, and I think that was probably a better defense than what the Buccaneers have right now. So you know, it, it helped Andy Reid to be able to go through and, and do that. You know, Aaron Rodgers did not really play bad. 
you know, Aaron Jones fumbled, basically gave the Buccaneers the ball inside the 10-yard line. Uh, they scored a touchdown on that, but they still had so many opportunities to be able to um, to score and come back and win that game. You know, I don't think he should have tried to force throw it when on third down he had the opportunity to run in and what would have been a walk-in touchdown. I didn't necessarily agree going for two when they tried to to do that, but 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 I'm with you, Tyler. I, I don't think you look at these teams right now if you take a 30,000 foot view and see the way that both of them played and, and and really think that the Buccaneers are 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 better than better than the Chiefs. You know, the 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 Chiefs absolutely dominated yesterday, and it took a lot of things to go right for the Buccaneers to to be able to win. And the Chiefs are the are the are the best team at closing out close games this year. Yeah, well, and even in the case with the Packers. Didn't it feel like similar to last year in the sense of like, hey, you know, the, the Packers are good. They have an all-time quarterback, but eventually right. not drafting the elite talent, it catches up with this team, that there's a right. ceiling on what they could do. The Bucs, on paper, were the better team, and we knew that going in, but the Packers had been playing better overall, you know, throughout the season. That's why they were favored in the home team and such. But, I mean, that's what right. I look at more than anything. If, if you look at the Chiefs compared to the Packers in this situation, you don't look at the Chiefs and say that they don't have the horses. Not at all. I mean, that's a uh, more of a personnel issue. I felt like the Packers, they didn't lose this game because of Aaron Rodgers. They, they lost it because of the same issue we've been talking about the last 10 years, that they're not giving him enough – Weapons to work with there, uh, there in Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. And you see, that's there's a difference in terms of how teams approach things. You know, the the Chiefs when Andy Reid and Brett Veach you know, took over together in 2018, when it was going to be the Patrick Mahomes show, and they knew he was going to be the starter. They have always said, and we saw it last year in the first round when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire, when everybody thought they were going to draft a linebacker or an offensive lineman. You know, they've said. Our number one goal is to surround Patrick Mahomes with as many weapons as possible so that he can be successful and win. And you don't see that approach with the Packers. And you don't see them go out and try to sign a lot of free agency. You know, yeah, Sammy Watkins probably wasn't worth the money that he's gotten, but he's performed in the postseason and they've won a Super Bowl. So it's worth it. And they're getting ready to play in a second Super Bowl. So that contract will be worth it, in my opinion, if you win two Super Bowls with the guy. And then you got to be able to find guys like that are diamonds in the rough. You got to be able to sign an undrafted free agent and Byron Pringle who can come in and get some first. Down. You got to be able to find a guy and draft a guy late, like Demarcus Robinson, who spends his first couple of years playing special teams and is able to be a, pro a somewhat productive player in the offense. The Packers don't have that. You know, they're hoping for guys like Mar Marquez Valdez Scantling, who who still drops a lot of balls. Uh, Alan Lazard, you know, Robert Tunyon scored eleven touchdowns for them, and other than Aaron Jones and maybe AJ Dillon and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's not too hard to really defend that team, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, now, the Bucs, you know, to, to give them credit, I mean, Godwin was phenomenal. Uh, Brady, you know, even with the three picks, he made the plays he needed to. But uh, a guy that I think everybody should be talking about is Devin White. Those 15 tackles he had, I mean, just flying all over the field and everything, what he was able to do. Yeah. Um, that guy's a stud. And, uh, I mean, the, the Chiefs, uh, I, I think that he, he's the type of player that you can't just scheme out. You're, the Chiefs are going to have to deal with Devin White one way or the other here. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with Devin White one way or the other. And, 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 and 
Devin White is is going to be an all pro. Devin White's going to be the future, probably best linebacker, the middle linebacker in the league, um, if not next year, shortly thereafter. He's he's a stud. He's an absolute he's fun beast. to watch. Yeah, he he plays the game a great way. Um, and and my neighbor who plays for the Buccaneers, Khalil Davis. Congratulations to him too. By the way, getting to play in a play in the Super Bowl in your in your rookie year. Um, he says he's just unbelievable. He's built different. He he communicates and runs everything for that defense as a second year player. They're going to get Antoine Winfield Jr. back. I, I still I always go back to this though the creativity that Andy Reid has, especially with bye weeks. Andy Reid's going to be there at, at the at, at one Arrowhead Drive at four thirty eight in the morning over the next week or week and a half, and he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to pull out this play from the 1967 Sugar Bowl, and we're going to get Devin White to bite on it. It's going to be a huge play. Andy Reid's going to be able to do stuff like that. So that's a matchup that I'm really looking forward to. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy's creativity versus Devin White's smarts on the defensive side of the ball. Because that is a guy, I think, if, that's the, if there's one guy on the defense you have to account for, it is Devin White. And it's going to be interesting. What are the what are the Buccaneers going to do? Because they tried to do a lot of press man coverage and man to man the first time these guys played in week 12. And that didn't work out well for Carlton Davis, who gave up seven receptions for, you know, 207 yards and two touchdowns to Tyreek Hill in the first half. And you're talking about two. They're going to get Sammy Watkins back, most likely Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They can't double all those guys because if they do, somebody's going to be wide open. So it's going to be real interesting to see the defensive game plan that Todd Bowles comes up with to try to figure out a way to potentially try to slow this Chiefs offense down. Yeah. Uh, Brady and Gronk, uh, that combo uh, was so good in New England. Gronk uh, only had one catch for 29 yards, but nonetheless, he was effective and blocking, involved in more ways than will show up on the uh, stat sheet and such. And, and uh, you know, he and Brady, I mean, there's something about it in particular with Brady – even if Brady has three picks and, and, you know, still to will his team to victory, that what, what he's done in these playoff games and such like that, I mean, there, there is a Brady effect. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to even put into words what this guy does, um, you know, that, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. I mean, teams we've seen, the times in, in New England to now what we're seeing in, in Tampa, the, the way that he, he gets these teams up – his teammates up for games like this, they went into Green Bay with no fear. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a, a feeling of some sorts. Tom Brady is going to play this next Super Bowl game with uh, feeling like he's got nothing to lose, I, I would think. Yeah, you know, he's going for his seventh ring. And 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 one of the storylines I think that a lot of people, and it's starting to get talked about, and I actually – I, I do agree with it is if, if Pat, Patrick Mahomes can never be in the conversation of greatest of all time, if he does not beat Tom Brady, if he cannot beat 43 year old Tom Brady and Brady wins his seventh to stop Patrick from winning his second in a row and repeating and doing what only a handful of quarterbacks have ever done in terms of repeating as Super Bowl champions, you know, it's going to be hard for Patrick to ever surpass Brady in that manner. And it's it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, you know, Brady Brady did exactly what we had said, Tyler. You know, you and I follow betting lines and, and we make bets. And, you know, I won big on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady this year, and I know you did too. Mm-hmm. All that team needed was in terms of talent, they had 
arguably the best wide receiver core. They had a good tight end combo in Cameron Bray and, and O.J. Howard before he got hurt. And then obviously they brought in Gronk and they brought in Brady. They needed a quarterback who wasn't going to turn the ball over 40 times. That was a 7-9, 8-8 eight, eight, eight team. And, 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 and had they not thrown, turned the ball over so many times, they probably would have been a 10-6, and six, maybe 11-5 and five team last year. So this team was talented, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then you add in Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, they, 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 they went to the next level. So they're a very, very talented team. You know, I think had they had a preseason and a regular offseason together, they might have gone 13 and three or 12 and four. So, I mean, they're a really good team. They're not your prototypical five seed for sure. Um, but, you know, the lady effect, it, you know, it's like when you when you when you're taking a class in college and it's a literature class, you don't need to use spark notes. If it's got the main character, you know how it's going to end and you know how the last two chapters end. he's going to get the girl. He's going to ride off into the sunset. He's going to get the big house and he's going to have the white picket fence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's absolutely uh, for sure uh, the case. And uh, even if you hate Tom Brady, you got to respect <laughs> that he's here in uh, this position yeah. with a chance to uh, to win this is Super Bowl. Last thing on this game, and then uh, then I'll ask you, uh, we'll wrap up just on looking ahead to this uh, Chiefs-Bucks matchup. As far as back to the Packers go and, and Aaron Rodgers, do you think we've seen the last of Aaron in Green Bay? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you're talking about a guy who threw for 4,000-plus yards, 48 touchdowns, a career high. He's going to win his, his third league MVP. Um, I, I know there's going to probably be some turnover on that roster. Aaron Jones is a free agent. Um are they going to try to get other weapons around him maybe to try to make one more run at it? That defense still is, is, is pretty decent. I mean, they don't have a bad roster, you know, obviously the bucks aren't going anywhere next year. Um, I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers, but I think next year could be the last year of him in uh, in a Packers uniform. And, you know, the, the, the narrative is going to start to be out there. You're, you're talking about a guy who's regarded and going to be regarded as the one of, if not the most talented players to ever play the quarterback position. And he's only got one Super Bowl appearance. I mean, you, 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 it's amazing how much narratives can change by just having a second ring or a second appearance. I mean, it's the same thing for Drew Brees. Patrick Mahomes has as many Super Bowl appearances and he's done it consecutively as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have over, a, you know, almost 35, 40 year careers between the two of them. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. You know, if you put if Patrick wins a second ring, he immediately vaults over a lot of other people. Yeah. All right, Derek, uh, we'll end on this. Finish this sentence for me. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that's it. That, that, that's it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it up. Okay. Uh, so there you have it. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's the analysis right. we come for. Well said. Um, and I, mean, uh, I can expand if you want, but I mean that's just the easy answer. It is. I, 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 I don't think it, it needs expanding. I mean, that's simple as that. Patrick Mahomes, best best player in the world, um, you know, going right. ring number two. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll have more time to break it down throughout the next couple of weeks. The uh, Chiefs in the box. The Chiefs open as a three-point favorite for that game down in uh, Tampa. Should be a lot of fun. Derek, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, you're on Twitter at DT underscore Haglin. And uh, I know you're excited, man. These uh, next couple of weeks are uh, going to be uh, something else, I imagine. 
Uh, absolutely. It, having, having gone through this last year, the two-week wait, um, now knowing what to expect, probably won't be as long or seem as long as what it was uh, last season, uh, especially if this is going to start becoming the norm here in Kansas City where the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl regularly. Right. Uh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, and uh, we'll run. New Jones Sport coming out on Thursday. We'll see you then. Also got a new episode of uh, Let's Go Racing with uh, David Starr and a uh, truck series legend Mike Skinner is going to join us on that show. That'll be out tomorrow. We'll see you then. As always, follow me on Twitter at Tyler Jones Live and uh, subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for joining us, everybody.